The Lifestylist, episode 131, featuring Mukande Singh. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. Since launching this podcast, one of the most common questions I get is, okay, what's the number one piece of biohacking health technology you would recommend if you could only pick one? And it's really tough because I love my sauna, I love my red light therapy, my juve, all of that. But if I had to pick one thing in terms of its widespread application, I would pick the amp coil. Now, if you listened to episode 98 back in the day with the Amp Coil founders, you already know what I'm talking about. But this is a machine with a lot of potential, and it's based on a lot of different alternative healing devices that I've played with over the years before there was even a word for it. You know, we didn't call it biohacking, it's just like health devices that you'd find. And so they've combined five of the most powerful technologies together in the Amp Coil so bioresonance, biofeedback. Tesla technology, PEMF, and sound and vibration. So this is a really powerful device. Its applications are seemingly endless. I use it a lot for the spiritual, emotional, and mental benefits, but it also has insane healing and detoxing capacities in terms of uh, microbes, metals, toxins, things like that. So it's just a really powerful biofeedback device. So check it out at ampcoil.com. That's ampcoil.com. Really, really fascinating stuff. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We are about to kick off the third and final Water Wars episode in this fantastic trilogy. Today's episode features my friend Makande Singh from Live Springwater. Before I jump into that, I want to remind you about a couple important items, one being next Tuesday show number 132 with Aubrey Marcus from On It. That is one, my friends, you don't want to miss. So make sure you click subscribe on your podcast player so that it's automatically downloaded to your device. Next up, we've got a couple of Events, uh, first of which being Whitma Live tomorrow, March 24th at Noya House in Hollywood, California. Then we've got the Longevity Now Conference, April 6th through 8th in Anaheim. To win tickets to that conference, text the word Longevity Now. That's all lowercase, one word, Longevity Now. It's case sensitive, all lowercase. Longevity now to this number, 44222 on any U.S. phone. So again, to win tickets to the Longevity Now conference, text the word Longevity Now to 44222. Then we've got Soho House, Little Beach House on April 24th, where I'll be doing a live podcast with Eli Block from One Taste, talking about orgasmic meditation. Then I'm speaking at Paleo Effects in Austin, Texas, my first trip to Austin, and that will be April 26th through 29th. 2018. Really looking forward to that one. To get tickets to any of the events at which I'm appearing, you can always find them at lukestory.com forward slash events. 
All right. So if you're just catching this episode and you did not catch Water Wars Part 1 with Daniel Vitalis or Part 2, which launched earlier today with Seth Prusansky, I recommend that you go back and check those out because this one's really good, but they're also really good. In fact, in this series, this trilogy, uh, we've actually covered five hours all about water. So I think if there's anything you've ever wanted to know about how to get the healthiest water in the world, you will have learned it in this one, my friends. Okay, I also want to let you know uh, that our guest Makunde from LiveSpringWater.com has made a special offer to you for water delivery on, I think, the West Coast, if not the West Coast, California. I don't know. Go on their site, put in your address, see what you find. If you use the code LIFESTYLIST, you will save 27% on your first order. So that's at LiveSpringWater.com. Pretty cool deal. All right, so here's what's up with this episode. Uh, Makunde is a leader in the health revolution, which advocates drinking unprocessed spring water in reusable glass. He founded the first company, which offers lab-tested safe and probiotic spring water delivery in chilled 2.5-gallon jugs. And this is where I get all my water, actually. I have a bunch sitting in my kitchen right now. I'm so grateful that he started this company and that I live in Southern California. Uh, Makunde believes the earth should be restored to a pristine paradise by influencing human desire to source our food, water, and medicine from natural landscapes. That's his philosophy. So in this third and final episode in the trilogy, we talk about how he turned his love for natural spring water into a business, into his company, Live Spring Water, and all of the challenges he's faced along the road to success, including a ton of recent attacks from the mainstream media. He was kind of the brunt of a lot of these uh, jokes in media, and so we get into a bit of that. It's really fascinating to see how they can change the story around and all of that. It's crazy. So you're going to learn in this episode about uh, more of the spiritual and mystical aspects of water, you know, and really being connected to the planet and uh, why it's important to use our water as a means by which to stay close to nature. You're going to learn also what it's like to take your dream and passion and turn it into a business. So this is a really great episode. It brings me just a tremendous amount of pleasure to teach people about water because it's one of my deepest passions personally, and it's something that I get so many questions about. So I think uh, by the time you get to the end of the third episode here, like I said, you probably know everything you ever wanted to know and hopefully more. So ladies and gentlemen, now I give to you Mr. Makunde Singh. Here we are on the show finally, Makunde. Welcome. Thanks, man. So happy to be here. Yeah, dude. We're finally getting it done. Yeah. So guys listening to the show here, uh, I've been friends with Makunde for a few years and we're kindred spirits in our love for nature, kundalini yoga, healthy food, and more than anything, spring water. And Mm -hmm. so we're going to be continuing our special episode run here all about water because I think it's really, really important. And to me, it's the primary foundation of health. It's just Mm. where you start with anyone is getting the water straight. Mm-hmm. So let's let our audience get to know you a little bit, my friend Makunde. Where are you from? What's your deal? So I was born in Georgia. Uh, I'm living in Maui right now, spending a lot of time uh, also in Los Angeles and San Francisco recently, uh, where we're doing water deliveries currently, expanding more to more zones every day, but spending lots of time in those places right now. And When I met you, you were living, I think, at Topanga Canyon, where all dudes with beards and long hair live (laughs) in LA. (laughs) And I met you through our mutual friend, Elliot, and we just immediately hit it off because we're into so much of the same stuff. And I never actually, I've known you for a few years now, I never asked you this just because 
I'm just used to people having creative names. Mm. But what's up with your name, Makunde? People always have a hard time spelling it, pronouncing it. What's that guy's name? The water guy, Makunde yeah. Singh. People always ask me, what's that mean? Yeah, what's? I mean, how did you end up with your, your special name? So I was doing lots of kundalini yoga. Have definitely gotten a lot of insights from that, a lot of clarity and peacefulness. And in that tradition you can request a name and you basically email someone you say when you were born where you were born they have like a secret formula and they say this is your kundalini yoga name and the name they gave me was mukande and i just liked how that sounded and to me it's kind of cool because there's a lot of chris's out there you know that was like my birth name but it's nice to be different to me and to know that there's not really any Mukundes out there. It's a word that means liberator. And it's the facet of God and of community that we can all liberate each other. We all have lessons to teach each other and we all can uplift each other. And that's that's kind of what it means to me. And it's always like an affirmation of that. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. I, I never asked you that. I just assumed it was that because a couple of years ago, I sent in to 3HO and did that process and they sent me back my spiritual name, which I haven't elected to go by just for whatever reason. What was it? Like, you know, I have it in Evernote. <laughs> Simron, I think it was Simron something saying, yeah. I don't, I, it's funny, people always ask me that. I'm like, oh, I've never used it, so I just forgot. But I, I saved it and codified it because the woman that's doing it is still the one that was doing it when Yogi Bhajan was around. And so mm -hmm. my teacher, Tage, I asked her about it. She's like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter if you do it or not. It's up to you. But if you're going to, I would do it now while this OG woman that's really good at Vedic astrology and all this stuff can really dial it in. So yeah, mm. so it's cool. Uh, who knows? Maybe someday yeah. I'll have a new podcast host. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, you know, I mean, I've interviewed Guru Singh and Guru Jagat and everyone in the Kundalini community typically has a name that's not their given name. And some people are kind of like off put by that when someone has a spiritual mm. name. But for me, it's like the name that your parents gave you isn't really your name either. It doesn't, you know what I mean? It's like you yeah. call yourself whatever you want. Yeah. And the other thing is, I think a lot of people do change their names throughout their lives. Like originally I was Christopher, you know, then I was Chris, you know, people kind of change their names a little bit throughout their lives, yeah. just depending on what kind of resonates with them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was just curious about yeah. that. I digress. So let's jump into it. So this is all about water. How did you first get into spring water? Do you remember the first moment you went out to nature and collected true water from a mountain. I do. I remember the experience vividly. I was with my grandfather in the North Georgia mountains and we were hiking and we stopped and just, it was actually, it was just a stream. It wasn't even a spring, which we know now <laughs> is, is not, you know, sometimes it's a great source for water, but it can be a lot more dangerous than drinking right from the spring head. But nonetheless, you know, if you're high up in the mountains and it seems super clear, I mean, a lot of times that's a great source. I just remember feeling amazing, like drinking that, like, whoa, whoa, you can, you can drink this, you know? That's funny, dude, because my first experience with drinking spring water was with my grandmother. 
it wasn't even a thing. It was just like on Sundays right. we'd go up into the mountains in Colorado and just collect water. I was so young. I mean, probably, I don't know, five, six, seven years old or something. And so it wasn't even like, I was like, oh my God, we're going to get water. It's just, duh, of course. Yeah. And then we'd have a jug of it that would last a few days or something like that on the kitchen counter, you know? Yeah. So that was your first experience. And then was that something you did periodically throughout your life or did you then pick this practice up again later as an adult? Yeah. So I totally kind of forgot about that. And then I started following the teachings of Daniel Vitalis and what he said about the benefits of spring water just totally made sense. So I used his resource that he created 10 years ago, findaspring.com. And me and my buddy uh, drove up to Big Bear, which is about two and a half, three hours from LA. And the spring was right there on the side of the road, super easy to fill up and up at like 7,000 feet. So one of those nice high mountain springs. And I felt different immediately after drinking it. It was like, whoa, this this feels very rich in minerals, electrolytes, all that stuff. I mean, I didn't really quantify it so much at the time. It was just like, wow, this feels amazing. So then I started collecting it and drinking it going up there. I was just in a little Prius car I had at the time, just bringing back a few jugs. And it was just astonishing to me that you know, I, I learned every spring water company providing spring water to the public is processing it with UV light, ozone gas, and submicron filter, which is scrambling the DNA of the healthy microorganisms in the water, which means that it won't turn green. It can stay shelf stable in hot warehouses, uh, in hot delivery trucks, and what's happening there is it's just it's destroying a lot of the healthy stuff and just kind of tainting the water i actually had a neighbor who wasn't able to breastfeed her baby the baby wouldn't latch to her breast and doctors said it was because she had a mineral deficiency and i shared some spring water with her and in a few days she was able to breastfeed her baby again so that's when it just felt like a clear sign, like more people need to have access to this. So I remember when you first started going up there and, uh, or maybe not when you first started going, but when you first started bringing the water to people and you fashioned this sort of trailer, this wooden trailer on the back of your truck or van or whatever. And so at what point did you decide, yeah, cool, wow, no one has access to this water and I'm going to be an entrepreneur and start a company delivering this that water That was to about four years ago. So yeah, quite some time and it's just slowly grew, mostly from word of mouth. People just, they feel good and, and they tell their friends and yeah, it's been a long journey, many different springs along the way. Um, tell us about what happened when you were going up to the Big Bear Spring and you were getting water from that particular one and then were unable to. <laughs> yeah, so... Because that's the water I was drinking. If I don't get it myself, for the past few years, I've been getting my water from you. Sometimes I go up and get it just because it's fun and it's a great yeah. experience to bring friends to. But mm -hmm. I remember you had that really great water. When And for those of you listening, when you're a spring water connoisseur, such as us two nuts, you can really tell a difference between the different springs. And right. they have a different flavor profile and a different sort of 
weight and texture to them uh, mm -hmm. once you've kind of refined your taste all what not all waters created equal so that big bear spring was really dope but then at one point you were like oh whoops can't go tell us that story yeah so i started off with just uh, a little handmade wooden trailer i built and then i bought a little hybrid electric suv then we started really going for it <laughs> you know pushing the boundaries so we would rent a 2500 ram truck big old pickup truck and between filling the truck and the trailer we would hand rinse and fill 120 bottles at one time so we got away with that for a few months and then at some point the park service came up and they told us we couldn't do it anymore and was it state know, or federal land do you know i believe it was national National, National forest oh, okay. land. Yeah. Yeah. So we left, we left the spring, got most of the bottles filled up that trip, luckily. And then we came back like in a week or two, <laughs> you know, just like, I think it was, we came back like at nighttime. We're like, all right, well, let's, <laughs> let's see what we can, how far we can push it. And there was a giant boulder right in front of the pipe that we had been filling up at. So that's when it, was a clear sign that we needed to do more of a legit operation. Right. Um, <laughs> so your your humble beginnings were very punk rock, basically. Totally. And well, I yeah. see. I've had a similar thing happen. You know, I have my spring that you know about, and people ask me all the time. I'm never going to give it up because if everyone starts going, they'll shut it down or do some weird thing that right. the government does. But I ran a pipe up to my spring because it wasn't accessible to the road. It was a huge operation expensive in time and energy and even supplies and we go to home depot and buy hundreds of feet of this tubing and connectors and funnels and all this crazy stuff to rig it but i would just go up there and get my own water i'm not trying to start a company or anything you know i just want three months worth of water as much as will fit in my truck and then i went up there uh, a few months ago and there was a big truck parked there and there was this guy with his family and they had like a bunch of lawn chairs out and they're basically having like a family you know beautiful family sunday filling up all these bottles like just every size bottle you can imagine mm. and he had run this big ass pipe he was a much better plumber than i and he ran this big kind of like a fire hose up from the spring and wow. he was filling it up and I pulled up and I was like, ah, oh, damn, the spot's getting blown up. But hey, listen, you know, it's a free country. Like if they got there first. So I decided, well, we'll just wait until these guys bounce. But I go up and talk to the guy and he's like, yeah, man, the Forest Service came by and told me to leave. And I'm like, screw that. I'm not leaving. So I just kept pumping my water. I was like, oh, no, the man is on to us. Yeah. So we climb up the hill and just go for a hike and take some photos and stuff. And then we're watching his operation from up above. We all have walkie-talkies, me and the crew. And... uh I think we're, yeah, we're shooting, oh, we're shooting video. Yeah, that's right, we're shooting video. That's why I didn't just leave. And then we see the Rangers come and rah, 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 and they're walkie-talkies, talking to him, talking to him, and then everyone bounces. Like, they kick him out and then they leave. And we're like, well, <laughs> you know, what what are they going to do? I mean, all they're, they're just going to tell us to leave. So we right. hooked up our pipes and we filled up and we made this video. It's actually on uh, my YouTube channel. Nice. It's like How to Harvest Your Own Spring Water. It's a really cool, comprehensive little maybe 15, 20-minute documentary on how you do it. So it kind of sucks because now the Forest Service is sort of at odds with the public now. And what the Forest Service told that guy, which is a valid law, I mean, it's on the books, is that a private citizen that doesn't own that state or federal land cannot legally divert water to another location using pipes and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, you know? So it's like, you know, the technicality of it 
I guess, got you at one point. They're like, okay, right. this is a commercial operation. This isn't yeah. a couple backpackers coming by and <laughs> yeah. filling up their little, you know, water bottles. This is like a full on truck and trailer. So you got aced out of the big bear spot. Then what was your next move? I remember you had quite an adventure for a while of exploring different yeah. springs and stuff. So what was the next part of the journey like? So yeah, I felt bad about the big bear spring. You know, it's kind of like, dang, we just brought all this heat and then now people can't access this pipe to get the spring water. So one thing that was good, we actually uh, went back and we hammered in a new copper pipe that's even closer to the where the spring head is so that felt good to do that just so people know that spring is flowing right now right again uh and did you ever have the big bear spring tested i did yeah yeah it's clean legit no super clean yeah no bacteria pesticides heavy metals weird stuff no cool so yeah after the big bear one we went started going to ojai to another uh national forest and it was kind of the same deal, like the one where you had to connect all the hose. Dude, the Ojai one is treacherous. Yeah. That's even harder than the spring that I go to. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And the Ojai water is like, eh. But you know, it's funny. It's, it's like you good. said, it's like, that would be the best day of the week for me. Like, oh, cool. I get to like go hike in the mountains and like be physical and like bring back this beautiful water you know it's like it's a fun uh adventure and way to to work out you know yeah yeah i know dude you were like in beast mode when you were hauling those water I, was, yeah. I mean you guys watching uh, on facebook live or instagram live you're not like a huge rip guy you're not a mesomorph like football player body type you're very lean but dude you're jacked when you used to bring the bottles into my house i was like jesus dude <laughs> it's kind of like get these huge five gallon glass carboys i mean have you ever weighed one of those yeah they're like 50 55 pounds yeah they're no joke man they'll throw your back out with real quick if you're not careful they're they're intense you know the actually the first time i went up to the spring that i go to i didn't realize how far from the road it was so i brought a bunch of five gallon bottles and then i carried one empty one up to the top of the hill where the spring is oh wow and just getting an empty one up there was treacherous. But then once I got to the top, I was like, well, I didn't come all this. It's a two and a half hour drive from LA. I'm like, I didn't come all this way and spend my whole day almost bust my ass getting up this hill to go empty. So I filled it up. And then it was like, no way I could carry it down the hill. It would have been really dangerous. I mean, if yeah. you drop one of those things on your foot, you, I mean, you could literally like cut your freaking foot off, you know? Oh, yeah. So... I basically just scooted on my butt down the hill the wow. whole way, but it's all rocks. It's like a ravine of, it's just gravel basically, you know? So I'm like sliding this glass bottle, screeching down this gravel for, I don't know, it's probably at least a hundred yards down this steep ravine. And it was so gnarly and dangerous. So it's fun, but it's also, it's a workout, like you said, for sure. you know? For sure. All right. So the Ojai Spring still public land you're still not a l totally legit well not totally you're not at all legit in terms of <laughs> <laughs> the legality the legality of where you're getting the water in terms right. of having permits and water rights and things like that so then what was the the next phase of like okay wow i've got to, if i want to make a real business of mm -hmm. this and not just slang water to my homies then what was the next part of the journey where you actually had to go procure water rights and things like that so i was searching all over California and it was during the drought, like one of the really heavy drought years. And in my mind, I was like, oh, I'll just get a property with like a spring on it. And like, we'll just do it like that. And 
for whatever reason, I didn't really find a spring that was like felt really good. And then I was traveling all over uh, to really find the best source. So I, I ended up all the way up in Oregon and someone told me about Opal Springs. And that spring is flowing out of a lava tube, 108,000 gallons per minute with fire agates that look like opals. And it worked out really great because there's already a bottling facility there. So they can triple wash and rinse all the bottles for us. They can help us with storage. And the profile of that water is just the best I've ever seen. Abundant in the four primary electrolytes. Got lots of the rare beauty mineral silica. And it's super, super pristine. It's um, The water is dated. It hasn't been on the surface of the earth for at least a few thousand years. So it doesn't have any industrial age contamination in it. Right. And you find that out from sending it to these very scrutinizing scientific labs where you send them actually samples of the water. Right. And they run it through a series of tests to determine it's free of pathogens and bacteria and industrial pollution and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I think this is where people get confused and we're going to go into some of the media coverage because that's really one of the main things I want to talk to you about because I just, oh man, it bothers me so much when the media intentionally lies to the public Mm -hmm. and they've been doing a lot of that around the water issue. Mm -hmm. But I think what people need to understand is the difference between where water is in its life cycle, right? As you're mentioning, this water hasn't seen the light of day. It hasn't been exposed to the surface of the earth in hundreds or thousands of years, right? I mean, even if you got water that hasn't been above ground for 200 years, you're pretty good. Yeah. And this is the thing I think people don't realize is they're, oh God, it's so frustrating explaining this to someone that's so indoctrinated into the domesticated existence that we have. But when you go buy a water filter that's, you know, six to eight inches tall, it's made out of a lot of the same stuff that the, that's elements of the earth to filter that water. But when you're getting true spring water, it's thousands and Mm -hmm. thousands of feet of that filtration Mm -hmm. material that that water has to pass through to get up to that 7,000 feet, you know, spring where it comes out. So it's like, People are afraid of not drinking water that's filtered for six inches when you could have water that's filtered for thousands of feet. Yeah. It's like kind of hard to get my head around why that we're so disconnected from the earth Mm -hmm. that like drinking water from the earth in a safe, you know, scientifically tested way is so foreign to people. It, It kind of speaks to how disconnected we are as a species from mother earth you know yeah it's so true and not only is it getting filtered through all those layers of rock but it's also getting charged up as it's going through crystal and mineral lined channels and getting structured with all of the earth's energy so it's it's not really something that you can recreate from filtering tap water or something like that right right and so once you locked in this property i mean you must have been pretty stoked that you finally found a pristine spring yeah so did you find the spring talk to the people they're like cool we want to work with you and then the next step was getting the water tested i'm assuming to make sure Mm -hmm. that it's worth it there's no contamination Mm -hmm. or something like that and then what's it been like to scale the business from a business perspective as an entrepreneur. I know you've had, you know, different iterations and 
you know, it started out with your little homemade plywood trailer. And next thing you know, there's like a full on uh, one of those Mercedes sprinters pulling up to my house with logos on the side and it's refrigerated and it's a real thing now. Yeah. So what yeah. what's the process been like that from a, a business person's perspective? It's been a lot of fun. You know, it's something that no one's ever done before. Reusable, unprocessed spring water in chilled reusable glass. So it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of challenge to finance the growth that we're experiencing. And it's definitely not always easy. You know, we've been criticized for having super expensive water. And it's there's a reason that, that it is more than most water. And that's because refrigerated trailers for transportation and refrigerated warehouses and refrigerated delivery trucks, all of those things... The glass, the lead-free glass that we had custom-made, all of these things are not the most inexpensive option. So it's not like we have huge profit margins, you know, and a lot of what we have earned is, has just gone to growing our infrastructure so we can make this available to more people. Right. And then what was it like dealing with the government regulatory agencies in terms of having the ability to sell that water without following the regular protocol of sterilizing it essentially and processing it as that word you use, like a processed food. Mm -hmm. Most of us are drinking processed water. I understand that the town, a couple towns around where you're spraying, actually the whole town subsists on that water as their right. primary source. Is that, what's up with all that? And like, yeah. how were you able to, why, why do you have to not blast it with UV or put chemicals in it to, mm -hmm. to purify it and things like that? Yeah, so that was one of the cool things with finding Opal Springs is that the water is so pure, the town where the spring at is at Madras, Oregon, has been drinking it unprocessed out of their taps with zero chlorine, zero fluoride, zero anything for over 50 years. And no one's ever gotten sick. And that is a beautiful idea that is in a few other places like Mount Shasta, you know, a few other little towns around the country, but kind of more of a rare thing. But that definitely was great to give us the proof that it's totally safe to be drinking this spring water unprocessed. Right. And then in terms of, uh, did you find that you were able to not have to follow the same protocol in terms of putting the chemicals in and stuff because it comes from that specific place and the regulatory agencies are like, yeah, cool. This one spring we know safe, the whole town's on it. So go ahead and sell it to people in bottles. Yeah. I was pretty surprised that, you know, they were pretty much saying, you know, they've said like anyone can really do this for the most part. I think it really helps that we have that history of the town drinking it. But really, I think the reason that other companies aren't doing this is because when you process water, it makes it shelf stable. So it can sit in hot, toxic plastic bottles in 100 degree warehouses and highway transportation trucks and just never go green. And they don't have to worry about how fast it sells or keeping it chilled. And it's really just companies doing it for higher profit margins. Right. So I it's see. sort of like bottled water that's processed is kind of like the Twinkie versus an apple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, so if you're selling a product that expires, obviously that's going to devalue it if you're a large scale company like right. that. So it's not as if 
you know, Nestle that makes this, that owns a water company or something is trying to hurt everyone by selling them processed water just makes more sense to the bottom line because they can put it into grocery stores and 7-Elevens and gas Mm -hmm. stations and airports and wherever they put their bottled water and it's going to sit there for longer without quote unquote going bad. Right. And I think that's the interesting thing to me is that, and we're going to talk about some of the media coverage and how that's been skewed lately. But one of the quotes was that I was watching on, I think it was Stephen Coke. What's his name? Colbert or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, and this McCunde guy says that his water turns green, so it's good. And he totally reversed reality in the way that the media does and took everything right. out of context. But just so people understand, like, if you have a water that's processed and shelf stable, it's never going to grow algae, right? So it never turns green. And so if water is truly natural, if it's exposed for a period of time to oxygen and to sunlight, if there is DNA in that water that hasn't been, as you said, um, altered, then there is life force in that water and it's going to turn green and grow algae. Yeah. And even if it did, that probably wouldn't hurt you because what do you think your Daniel Vitalis pointed out? What do you think you're eating when you eat spirulina or chlorella yeah. if you're into health? Like that's algae. Like yeah. water turning green. I mean, I don't want my water that I bought from you to turn green. You know, I drink it before because I want it fresh. But it's not like if it turns green that that means it's bad. Like what's actually bad is drinking poorly filtered water or tap water yeah. or any of the other you know hundreds of varieties of water that are available to us. But it's interesting how that particular piece has been turned into a negative where for me, I'm like, cool. If my whole body is essentially a fish tank that's full of water, I want water that is able to support life. Yeah. That's just totally. on a non-scientific fundamental common sense yeah. level. You know, it's yeah. like, uh, I want to drink the water that actually can grow stuff, you know? Yeah. And from a scientific level, it was really cool to see last year we got a independent lab analysis of the Opal Springs water. And it verified that there are five probiotic strains in the water, at least five that just aren't in any other food source. So it's amazing that you can be drinking water, getting five different strains of probiotics in every sip. And those things aren't in anything else. It's just so imperative for our healthy gut microbiomes. Right, right. Yeah, because... I think if any of us have our guts tested, we're probably missing a few thousand varieties. You know, the diversity of our gut biome is really low compared to how it would have been a couple hundred years ago before antibiotics and everything like that. So let's go ahead then and get into, because I covered a lot with Daniel Vitalis in part one, mm-hmm. just about like why tap water sucks and the different filters and all of that stuff. So in the, in an effort to not be redundant, I really wanted to just kind of get your story as yeah. a business owner. And I want to support what you're doing because personally, I don't want you to go anywhere because then my ass is going to have to go get my own water. Right. I don't necessarily have time for that all the time. Well, it's also, you know, we don't want it to the idea that we as adults have the choice to drink unprocessed spring water, you know, we don't want that to go anywhere. And that's a real danger. You know, there's all of these giant corporations that don't want to have the public find out that their water is not the best because then they're going to eventually have to refrigerate and stop using toxic plastic. And they've got all this stuff, all of this money invested in that old, way of doing things right or i should say the new way newer way of doing things yeah the old way of doing things is how we got here in evolution because like people that are 
it's just so mad. It's funny to see the headlines, right? Like, yeah, the dude, new, and I, the you know, new and I, fad. And I want to get into that. Yeah, this new fad of people collecting spring water. It's like new fad. The new fad is putting water in plastic that leaches chemicals into that that you put in your body and disrupt your endocrine system. Like that's the new fad. The new fad is, you know, because the population's grown and it's potable water. It's been necessary to sterilize that water. It's awesome. Thank God. The water coming through the tap is not going to give me giardia if I happen to get some in my mouth when I brush my teeth or whatever. Cool. But I think one of the reasons people are so afraid of this is because going back, you know, three or four generations or now at this point, I'd say maybe three, that the idea of getting your water from any, anywhere from other than corporations or the government is scary. And so it's like with food and water and things like that in terms of personal autonomy and freedom, I think that as a species, we almost have this kind of Stockholm syndrome where we need mm. an authority figure mm -hmm. that we have to get our water and food from. Like the idea of wild foraging food and herbs out in nature, like everyone's so terrified of dying. It's like, dude, you die faster from MSG, GMO, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. aspartame. Like it's funny that the stuff that people are, you know, I'm talking about the general public, the right. things that they're afraid right. of. A lot of it is to me very propagandized by as you said the big food oh dude, big water companies where they want us to be afraid yeah to have autonomy and to take responsibility for our own health and the food and, and water that we're putting into our bodies so mm -hmm. there's seemingly somewhat of a concerted effort to discourage us from doing that and because media is so powerful over mm -hmm. our consciousness that we go along with that and we actually have become afraid in many ways of something that's so inherently beautiful and natural mm. And I think that's why I really wanted to take time to cover this issue on the show because it pisses me off. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just like, it's not cool. This is our birthright. And as you said, as an adult, if I want to go drink out of the freaking LA River, that's up to me as long as I'm not hurting anyone yeah. else. And if I was selling LA River water to someone, well, then I'd be karmically and legally accountable for that. Mm -hmm. What you're doing is not that. What you're right. doing is selling water that's been tested by a third-party lab that's very scrutinizing. Because you were telling me about the different lab tests that you've had. There's, you know, you could go get a water lab test that tests for X number of things for $200, or you can get the Mac Daddy test mm -hmm. for $2,500 mm -hmm. that tests for every goddamn thing under the sun. And you publicly share those lab results. You emailed it to me at one point because someone was like, I recommended it. And they're, how do I know it's safe? I'm like, oh my God, here, here's the lab yeah. results that he paid someone a lot of money to do, you know? Yeah. And we test every batch for harmful bacteria and just, you know, no one's ever gotten sick. That's the funny thing. When you see these headlines, like you could die. <laughs> it's like, right. really, you could die. But this whole town's been drinking it out of their taps for over 50 years. Yeah. You can also die from just falling down my stairs on the way out today. Yeah. You know well, I, mean? I think it's it's <laughs> funny. The same week most of these articles were coming out, someone actually did die from a coli and it was from eating GMO like lettuce or spinach or something like that. And it's like, that person probably wouldn't have died if they grew that spinach themselves or like they knew the farmer, you know, it's some, right. something like that where it's like, it's just funny. Time for a shout out to my friends over at Organifi.com. Everyone knows that green juice is good for you now, right? You see it like in 7-Eleven, there's green juice everywhere. I love my green juice, but there's a couple problems with it. One, it usually comes in plastic, which is less than ideal. Two, it's loaded with sugar. A lot of these green juices that you think are healthy have like 25 grams of sugar. That's like a green Coca-Cola. 
not good. But mainly the issue with the green juice phenomenon, for me personally, is that they're not very portable. Even if it comes in glass and it doesn't have sugar, I have to drink the whole thing at once if I'm in my car or I'm traveling or something like that. So they're just not quite convenient all of the time. And they'll just go bad if you leave them sitting there. So what Organifi has done is created this amazing superfood green juice blend that comes in a powdered form in a little packet that you can just throw in a bottle of water, any other drink, and make an instant super powerful green juice. So it's got 11 superfoods. It doesn't have any of the swag extra stuff that you don't need. It's just the stuff that you're actually going to feel. So it's got turmeric, chlorella, wheatgrass, spirulina, mint, moringa, ashwagandha, lemon, beets, little matcha green tea for an extra kick there, some coconut water for electrolytes and potassium. And then it's sweetened with monk fruit, which is awesome because it doesn't spike your blood sugar. It's got like a low glycemic index, unlike some of those green juices I mentioned. So it's a really great product. I've been using it for months. You've probably heard me talk about it before. I want to share an opportunity with you to save 20% if you want to check it out. All you have to do is go to Organifi.com and enter the code LIFESTYLIST at checkout and you're going to save 20%. So that's Organifi.com with an I, not a Y. Use the code LIFESTYLIST and save 20%. Check it out. You will not be disappointed. I want to cover this media blitz right now. It's really interesting to watch a phenomenon like a meme that starts within the media and one news organization jumps onto a story and it's clickbaity. You know, it's like, ooh, that's sticky. It's like, oh yeah, people are going to click on that. Oh my God, the water, what are they doing? Fear, these it's crazy fear-based. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is this going to make people afraid? Cool. That means we're going to sell more advertising. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I forget what the first one I saw, but I saw something about... I think my partner, Lauren, texted me something, because uh-huh, she always clowns on all my hippie stuff that I do. She's from the city. She's not down with all the stuff to the degree that I am. So she's like, aha, uh-huh, look at your water people. Everyone's clowning. I was like, what the hell? And then I start reading it, and there's all this misinformation. Mm. There's just all these things that literally just are not factual. They're right. untrue. And then I start seeing it pop up here and pop up there. And at this stage we are today, at the end of January 2018, there are literally thousands of web articles that have come out in the last what month or two oh yeah my my face about is you, on your, video screens at gas stations yeah. <laughs> your company and just the you know the natural unprocessed water movement and then as i started to dig into some of that stuff being someone who's been into this for a long time and is somewhat educated to how it all works i'm like oh my God, these guys are all liars. I mean, it's just liars. Blame. There was yeah. there was one article from a paper in Oregon and the mm. woman had actually reached out to me, the journalist, a true journalist, not a fake news you know, purveyor, but someone who actually does research. She mm-hmm. had emailed me on, or um, messaged me on Facebook, but I missed it. And so it had already come out and I read her article and it was actually fair and based on facts, the pros and cons, but it was unbiased and real. But most of the other stuff that I've seen come out, I'm just like, oh my God, these guys are lying and they know they're lying. They're just doing it to be sensational or well, it's or funny. whatever. So so yeah. take me back, take me back to like the first email or the first call you got as just a dude minding your own business, running your little business from sure. Hawaii. Like sure. how has this thing unfolded? So Nellie Bowles with the New York Times reached out because Gizmodo actually, which is a tech media outlet, they ran a story. They were like one of the first ones to say, like, look at all of these idiots spending money on overpriced, (laughs) 
water, you know, and right. just the whole thing. Like, look at all these idiots yeah. paying more for organic food when they could eat at McDonald's. Yeah, what a you bunch know, of I dummies. get it. It's a new idea to a lot of people, and people, right. it's hard for people to really, like, accept, like, oh, wow, I've actually been drinking subpar water my whole life. You know, it's a hard right. thing for people to really embrace, and I get that. So, she saw the Gizmodo article, and she realized this, what we're doing is definitely a new idea for a lot of people and she wanted to do an article. So I was happy to oblige and invited her to our spring in Oregon, did an interview with her. And it was interesting because when the article came out, they saw that we collect our water from a covered spring head right at the spring. So there's no chance for an animal to like poop in there. Right. And Which is really the problem, just for people listening, that's the problem with getting water out of a river, stream, creek, whatever, is because if the water's above ground, that means it's very likely that upstream an animal is taking a crap in there, put dangerous bacteria in that water. But a true spring has not been exposed to air or land or poop because you're getting it from what we call the headwaters, right? Right. Okay, carry yeah. on, carry on. So they saw our whole sterilized bottling facility. They saw the spring, they saw the spring head, and yet they chose to picture a photo of the creek that is fed from the spring with a misleading caption. They changed the caption like three days later and like sent me an apology email, but it was kind of misleading people to believe that we were just grabbing water out of like dirty rivers or like potentially contaminated right. rivers, you know. Ha ha, we'll sell it to these health nuts in Silicon Valley. Yeah. Well, that's the that's one of the ones that I saw and I'm like, uh, no, that's not where the water comes from. And it, I mean, it's very clearly implied that. But that, see, that's more newsworthy though. Like, do you right. want to read a story about a cool guy doing a great service to humanity, doing it the right way, it's safe, and it's really healthy and it's helping so many people. I mean, how boring is that? That's not, see, the news doesn't thrive on that. The news thrives on like, look at these idiots, us against them, or you should be afraid because of X, Y, Z happening, you know? So, I mean, I can see from, if I own the New York Times, lying and making up stories that aren't true or misleading people would be better for the bottom line than telling a boring story about a bunch of nice people doing nice stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because the human ego like loves drama. So there's drama and like, oh my God, these idiots are selling water from a dirty algae pond with feces in it to a bunch of other idiots and overcharging them. Wow, I got to read this. This is, you know, it's got that element of... Totally. um, They didn't even accurately portray the price of our water and the majority of the articles some of these articles were saying our water is $60 a gallon which is crazy you know the water we offer it's five to six dollars a gallon and you know it breaks down to like two or three dollars a day per person right to, to just drink that doesn't the most sound like that much to me because even world. if like if you go to the gas station you get a Fiji or something it's like 350 or something for a little yeah bottle yeah, i think exactly. if you bought like cases of a decent bottled spring water i think it would be more than that i feel like in a lot of cases it would be and you so know d- with that it's not you're not only paying the expense of the water but you're paying with other people you're paying the expense of these single-use mostly plastic bottles that are not only toxic for humans but super toxic for the planet you know nine hundred 
thousand single-use plastic bottles ending up in landfills or oceans every minute. Every, 900,000 every yeah. minute? It's crazy. Oh, that's madness, dude. Yep. That's madness. I know I've seen footage of these plastic islands mm-hmm. in the ocean and stuff. Yeah. It's, dude, it's heartbreaking, man. It Especially, is. you know, like I'm sure. Hey, what sign are you? Are you a water sign? I'm a Libra. Oh, you are? What's yeah. that? It's the, like the scale. Yeah, but is it a water sign or fire or whatever? Do you know? Uh, I think it's air sign. Actually. Oh, it is air sign? Okay, because yeah. I'm a water sign. I, I just, dude, I love water. Anywhere I go, like I'm all about Hot finding. springs. Yeah, finding the water to jump in, swim in, drink, whatever. Mm-hmm. So as someone who really loves water and I love the ocean and tropical areas and stuff, it just makes me so sad um, using that plastic. I try whenever possible. I and mean, obviously I'm like super hardcore about recycling but i also just try to avoid buying things in plastic if Mm -hmm. possible yeah and of course for a number of different reasons but just environmentally you know and when you go out to nature yeah you start to see that more like whenever i'm spearfishing in maui there's certain places i'll go and you'll just you'll swim into like a field of plastic. And Are you serious? Yeah, it's even out in Maui, you know. Oh, most, that sucks. I know, man. Most of the island's pretty good, but there are some places and it's just, it wow. really, then you really see like, wow, this is really destroying the ecosystem. Yeah. So you get the New York Times thing. Take me back through the, you know, a few more of those interactions with the media. Yeah. So. It's, it's also just fascinating to me because I think, the world is really waking up to the fact that you really can't believe everything that you read. I mean, I don't even watch, you know, we're in my living room. I don't even have a TV, so I don't know exactly what people are seeing, but I do definitely see a lot of information that's just not true. Yeah. So what were some of the other experiences and did you have any positive experiences where somebody gave you a fair shake or are they all kind of duping you and the readers of their publications? There is a few fair shakes, but the majority of every single major media corporation took this story and said that what we're doing could be potentially harmful, if not deadly. And it's just really fascinating to see even like the article you said, right, in the Oregonian, like there was a few that were balanced on both sides. But something like the Oregonian, you know, they asked a Mountain Valley Springwater representative like so what's your take on this what are your thoughts and a mountain valley representative reached out and said oh yeah our water is unprocessed too it just goes through a charcoal filter (laughs) and you know you go right over to their website and it blatantly says processed with submicron ozone gas uv light so it's funny you know it's like companies want to I think they're starting to realize like, oh, wow, this actually does make sense, but we need to kind of try and give it the kibosh as fast as we can so that we don't have to comply with giving people the best water ever. And yeah, it was frustrating when you get like 30 one-star Facebook reviews, you know, and you've already had like 50 uh, five-star reviews from like super happy customers. And then you just get... You know, we've received just a lot of people that it really upsets them and just a lot of corporations that are very upset. You know, like I said, my my face is like on gas station video screens, like around the whole country, just trying to discredit the science and the safety of what we're doing. 
So yeah, the Stephen Colbert one was like, <laughs> it was so brutal, but it was actually really funny. It I was mean, funny. you know, I'm sure you're a humble guy. You, yeah. You're able to laugh at yourself. I mean, the way that they framed it was just like, it does. If you didn't know anything about or didn't know you, it totally sounds like such bullshit. Like, oh, this fucking hippie guy just goes and gets this runoff out of a sewer and sells it for $60 <laughs> a gallon and it's better if it's green and you know, they pulled quotes from you that were so, if taken out of context, there sounds some so, bold quotes. Sounds so, bold quotes. Um, you know, the stuff about the fluoride and conspiracy theories and all this kind of stuff. And like, I'm watching it, laughing it, but at the same time, like, wow, how many people that are fans of that particular show will never have the visceral, beautiful human experience mm. of interacting with nature in that way, you know? Yeah, it's, man. It's a bummer, you know? So it's and like, that's oh, it's, it's, all, it's all funny at the end of the day and all that, but it's like, oh man, it's not really, not really doing humanity a service mm. other than entertaining them for a minute. And lucky for you, you don't have a really fragile ego where you're going to like go slit your wrist because someone right. laughed at you on TV. It's well, like, I know whatever. what the truth is and we've maintained 99.2% of all of our customers after all of this false media info. So, you know, I know what we're doing is healing people every yeah. single day and just people are so grateful. And yeah, it's like you said, it is kind of discouraging where people look at what I'm doing and say that I'm just some money hungry dude, like duping people when I collect my own spring water. I always tell people that they should go and collect it themselves as the first best Dude, you option. don't even wear shoes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I have yet to see you running up and down Rodeo Drive, spending all that money you're making. Like, I get a feeling that's not what motivates you. Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah, so and that's where that's something like our initiative to give... Like you're, rolling, like you're rolling around in a Maserati, like, ha, 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 ha. You know, yeah. like, I'm just making money. I don't, yeah. I don't think that's the game here. It's not. And that's why we are working with Daniel Vitalis to commit 5% of all of our profits to the Find a Spring project to offer things like free tests for local springs in the community. That's so awesome, dude. Yeah. Tell people about Find a Spring for those that maybe didn't hear the segment with Daniel or unaware of what that site does. So it's an amazing website that is available in most countries across the whole planet where people find springs or know of springs and then they post them onto the website and anyone can look on the map and see where there are springs in their areas and what people's experiences have been at those springs sometimes people do post test results and it's just such a cool priceless resource that i have used countless times whenever i go travel somewhere you know it's like such a fun thing to just make that my first stop like cool let's like tune into the yeah me to too. nature and let's go collect some water and it's fun and just vibe vibe that out you know it's fun yeah find a spring is really cool i'd encourage anyone out there to explore that it's a really neat experience to be able to go and it's like a treasure hunt, you know, and mm -hmm. the directions sometimes are a little off and the coordinates don't make sense. And you'll ask a local and they're like, oh, go down by the third stop sign and turn <laughs> right, go 20 miles and hike up the hill 10 feet. And you're like, you get lost. It's frustrating. And then you find it and you fill up and, and all of that. So I, I think it's, Obviously, it doesn't help your bottom line if you're like, hey, buy my water or go find your own for free. I think that 
is a testament to your integrity and you just want people to have this experience. Yeah. So that's very cool. You mentioned that you did something for Comedy Central or what was the, I forget what it was, some TV show oh, or something? The Daily Show. The Daily Show. What was, has that come out yet? No, no, it'll be out in, in a week or two. Oh, cool. So we'll put, yeah. and we'll put as many links to these controversial media stories and coverage in the show notes and all of that. But what was the deal with that particular show? So, you know, I mean, it's the daily show. It's on Comedy Central. They're out to promote stories that make fun of people and promote fear. And that's what sells uh, advertisements. And that's what gets ratings up. So we'll see. Uh, <laughs> so you don't really, because it's not, so you haven't seen the edit. So I guess you don't know how no, it's going to turn out I haven't out seen the edits, but also I can tell when someone's trying to play me. You know, and hopefully they feel good about airing 10 or 20% of the truth that is, is the reality. Yeah. So we, the other day, did something really amazing. You located a spring actually in Hollywood. And I can't believe for as long as I've been into collecting spring water that I've not found this spring. I've never heard of it. And I've never even been hiking on the trail, which is called Fryman Canyon Park. Is that what it yeah. was? I mean, I'm like Mr. Hollywood hiker. I love getting outdoors. All Super of Griffith cool Park. trail. It's so weird that I've never been there and I've driven by a bunch of times. I always thought that little parking lot was just a lookout. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, great. Stop and look at the valley. I'm like, I've seen the damn valley. I'm not impressed. Like, you know, I just never stopped to look at the view on that side. So we hike down and we actually meet the ranger, Ranger Tim there. Mm -hmm. And just, he was like, this dude was like an enlightened master. He was so freaking happy. Just such a beautiful guy. And he's been drinking from the spring there on that trail for years. And uh, he was drinking from a different spring. Oh, from a different one. Okay. So he like knew that that spring was there, but it's funny how we just like, you know, we have kind of like the sheeple type thing where we just look to other people like oh no one's drinking it no one's drinking it like it right. must just be probably something wrong with it well we filled up and it tasted nice and yeah. cold and clear now i understand you're gonna do some lab tests just as part of the find a spring uh you know charitable part of what you do that you're going to test that water and then we'll find out yeah for sure i mean i just took the chance and drank it hoping that it's not infected in any way we'll find out but i think that's going to be a cool resource for people in la man you can go on a hike and like you know 15 minutes 20 minutes into the hike actually fill up your bottle with natural spring water in the hollywood hills like on mulholland and freaking laurel canyon it's crazy yeah yeah a lot of people i I want to share it with people yet until it's spring's been really vetted but i'm like really hoping the labs come back as yeah as uh clean so i can start to take people up there it's a great experience you know i have a lot of people that come to la oh i want to biohack la what are all the cool things i want to go get spring water i'm like well we got to we got to drive really far to get any spring water here so that'll be cool yeah man it's amazing when you start to keep an eye out for springs you know i was just hiking one day and i just saw the spring coming out in the middle of the drought and i was just like wow this is what a trip oh that's you how know? you found that one yeah oh wow yeah so it's like all of these there are so many springs out there that the community might just not know about or has some type of fear about so it'll be interesting to see once people start tuning in more to what just looks like runoff <laughs> coming right. out of the side of a out of the side of a mountain is actually like a super treasure. Yeah. Okay, so what's next for live spring water? You got any plans for expansion or 
dream what would what would this thing become if you could have it be what you want it to be yeah we're very excited to be expanding our california area of delivery very frequently right now we're delivering from san diego all the way to north above san francisco like all the way up to santa rosa and we're very excited to make this a national brand to be first to market and the first solution for unprocessed um, spring water and chilled reusable glass. Cool, man. That's awesome. So as you see it, you'd get, I mean, the spring obviously has enough water. It's never running out. Like, in other words, if you don't collect that spring water, it just goes back into the water table. It just becomes a stream somewhere and goes back in the ocean, goes back up into a cloud. Cloud takes that rain or snow, drops it back in the mountain. It just keeps going. So this way it's just going through people's bodies. They're releasing it into septic systems. And then that water eventually ends up back in the planet too. So it's not like you're going to yeah. run out of water. So you could effectively really have an opportunity to scale and go to, you know, like you head up into the whole West Coast and then move over a little bit east and a little bit further east. And Yeah, I think for, do for the East Coast, we would like to look at other springs that are out there just for the, for obvious reasons. Right. That it's close, it would be closer to out there. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the spring water companies do operate primarily locally. Like there's a spring water company called Saratoga Springs in upstate New York. And if you want spring water in New York, like when I used to go there for work a lot, I'd order a couple of cases of it to my room because, you know, that was the water of that region. Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool. It's neat to get water even if it has been processed, it's cool to get water from that local area. Sometimes I'll travel and I go in even Whole Foods and I'm like, oh, I never heard of this water. And it's, yeah. you know, some local company that's, you know, put together a little bottling facility. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Well, dude, thanks for being out here. I'm glad we're able to catch you right in the middle of this current media storm, <laughs> you know, yeah. on your trip to LA. Not that I'd be mad at coming over to Maui to do an interview. I've threatened to do that. There are people over there that I'd like to talk to as well. But thanks for taking the time to sit down today and, you know, help give your side of the story as a startup business owner who's doing cool stuff in the world. I appreciate it, dude. I would really want to say that I appreciate you taking a stance on what is a very controversial topic right now. There's definitely a lot of doctors, even doctors that have been getting our water for years, and they're kind of like scared to say like, oh yeah, we drink it. Like, it's good, you know? So I want to thank you for really- dude. Of but course. Yeah. To me, like, show me the labs. That's it. That's, right. I mean, that's the end of the argument. It's like, cool. <laughs> yeah. You think this is unsafe? Let's send it to a laboratory, third party. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, there's no payola. It's a legit lab. Let me look at that piece of paper. I want to see negative, 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 you know, on all yeah. the pathogens. We're good. That's the end of the conversation. Right. There's probably a lot of springs that are contaminated. There's a lot of water that's really polluted and dirty. Cool. I'm not going to drink those. I'm going to try to test mine. So to me, it's just like basic common sense, you know? Right and on. the beautiful thing is, as we said, uh, every you know person of age can go drink whatever you want, man. If you believe tap water safe because the DWP says it's safe and you like it, then cool. Like I'm for personal freedom, mm, you know? Yeah. I'm for each individual living their life how they want to live it with the exception of if there any of their behavior is harming other people. I just live by do no harm. So I think it's great. You want to drink water out of your freaking toilet, go ahead. But I'm going to drink water as close to the natural source as mm. possible because based on our evolution, that's how we got here. Yeah. And everyone doing a news report about how dangerous this water is, 
they literally would not be alive if their ancestors hadn't subsisted on spring water. Yeah. Like that's why we're all here. We would be extinct had we not evolved drinking water from the earth. Where do you think water comes from? I mean, some of it comes from space, but a lot of that shit's just here, you know? Yeah. So uh, I think it's kind of a moot point, but it is also good to be safe. And I think that people should be considered about where they're getting their food and water and make sure that it is safe. Cool. You want to do a news story on the safety of water? Awesome. But there needs to be two sides to the story and there mm. needs to be truth and integrity in that. You know? Well, thanks for providing that other side of the story. Yeah, for sure, man. It's what I love to do. I'm a truth seeker, and that's what the Lifestylist podcast is about, dude. It's like, let's get down to the nitty-gritty and find the truth in any given practice or supplement or lifestyle choice or yoga, spirituality, the best meditation. I'm like after what's best and most effective mm. in all areas of life so that we can just feel better. And if you feel better, you're a better person. Yeah, man. And, and I've been noticing that this week because I've been having this weird sort of head trip going on where I'm dizzy and stuff. I'm trying to sort out today. I feel good, but it's harder to be a nice person. I noticed when you feel like crap and I haven't felt that great in the past couple of weeks. I just got something going on. I don't know. I'm figuring it out and not like I'm running around being a jerk to people, but I'm definitely not able to be as patient and tolerant and kind and helpful to other people. So I think that's where the health piece really comes in is if you feel good physically because you're having pure water and food, man, you're just a better person. You're a nicer person. And the more that spreads out into the world, the better it is to be here. Mm. So, dude, I've learned a lot from you about your journey today, as has the audience. Who have been three teachers or teachings that you'd like to give a shout out to that our listeners might go check out to learn more? Yeah, so Daniel Vitalis, definitely, first and foremost, has been such a mentor and guide for me over the past few years. The concept of rewilding, returning to having a relationship with the things that sustain us, like food and nature. One of the things he advocates is doing a lot of hunting and foraging, like humans have done for the 99% of our existence. It's like exercise with the added benefit of bringing home fresh wild food, which is just the best choices that we can make. So I've really integrated a lot of his teachings in my life and just so grateful for the way that he has taught about the benefits of that. Guru Singh would definitely be one of my mentors, Kundalini yoga teacher who is just a stellar, epic human being. When you meet him, you know, it's just one of those people that you can feel is very much coming from a place of power that's not based in ego. It's based in love and based in a power that comes from showing up for others, you know, living in service for others and doing the internal work that's not always easy to really elevate ourselves. And you, you can see that through him. And he definitely inspires me through his lectures, through his speaking. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a great description. I like that. I've had a few people I've met in my life that have a real sense of power and integrity that's not prideful and mm -hmm. based in ego. It's just in their breath and their presence, you know, and he's definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. All right. So I like where we're going with your first two because they're both 
guests on this show. Daniel will have been on three times, my first three-time nice. guest, and then recently posted our Christmas 2017 special episode with Guru Singh, which was really meaningful to me. So who's your third? My third would be the Buddha. Oh, I was like, I hope it's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have not had the Buddha on. I've had some Buddhists. I had Sharon Salzberg on. She's nice. a Buddhist. Yeah, nice. okay, cool. Yeah, and I really respect what the Buddha did coming from a place of high royalty, you know, coming from a place of high royalty and yet seeking out a life that was separated from that in order to serve others. And I've actually done a Vipassana 10-day silent meditation course that is based on the teachings of the Buddha. And that has given me a lot of acceptance and teachings not to just pay attention when you have cravings or aversions to things. And it's really helped me to just not let all of the ups and downs affect me so much and kind of just be a conduit for whatever great spirit wants to do through me. So Awesome, man. Yeah, yeah I'd love to do one. I did a not a Buddhist, but more of a Hindu 21-day silent retreat many, oh, wow. many, many moons ago. Yeah, and it was powerful. I'd like to do one of those. I have a show coming out in the next few weeks. I think it'll come out after this. I, I'm not sure, actually, but with this dude, Young Pueblo, I recorded in New York, and he's a Buddhist guy, and he's done a lot of those 10 days. So we did an episode pretty much around that that particular retreat. I'm excited to put that out. Yeah, it's like weirdly one of those things I've not done. So thank you for reminding me of that. In closing, where can people find you on website, social media, all that jazz? We are at livespringwater.com. And you can find us on Instagram at Live Springwater. Awesome, dude. Thanks, man. It's great to see you. And uh, I'm going to take you up on your offer to come to Maui very soon. I got to get out of the city. <laughs> yeah, you do, man. The more, more time you can spend in nature, you know. For real, dude. Yeah, I need some island time. All right. Thanks for coming, man. I'll see you soon. See you soon. Congratulations, guys. Give yourselves a hand for making it through the third and final episode in the Water Wars trilogy series. Of course, if you missed uh, the first part or the second part, you want to go back and hear them because there's a lot of very different information presented in the first two episodes. And of course, I'd love to give a shout out to our sponsors, first of which being Organifi.com, spelled with an I. If you go to this URL, Organifi.com forward slash Luke, and use the code LIFESTYLIST, one word, you will save 20% off your order. It's a pretty good hookup. Next, as I mentioned earlier, we've got uh, LiveSpringWater.com. And if you use the code LIFESTYLIST there and you live in California on the West Coast, you'll save 27% off of your order. And then, of course, don't forget to check out one of my favorite devices in the entire world when it comes to health. Amp Coil, and you can find out more about Amp Coil at ampcoil.com. All right, check it out. Next Tuesday, we've got episode 132 with Aubrey Marcus from On It, where we talk about, I don't know, everything, how to live a badass life. So make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss that. And then I also want to remind you if you want to come hang out with me and David Wolf and Makunde and Live Springwater, actually, and tons of other amazing people at the Longevity Now conference, April 6th through 8th in Anaheim, California. I'm giving you the opportunity to win two free tickets worth about a thousand bucks. Here's how you entered to win my badass contest. You must text the word longevity now 
all lowercase one word, longevity now to this number, 44222. So literally right now, take out your phone. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. Okay, open your text app. Got that. Here's the number you're going to text me at, 44222. I know it's a weird number. That's the number, 44222. In the body of the text, you're going to write this and this only, longevity now. Now, when you put that in, your phone's going to try to capitalize the goddamn L on longevity. So you've got to erase that, uncap it, all lowercase longevity now to the number 44222. You're going to be prompted to enter your email. And if you do, you could win. I've got three sets of tickets to give away, so it might just be your lucky day. If you want to just come to the conference or Paleo Effects or any of the other events that I'm doing, including tomorrow's event, Whitma Live in Hollywood... You can, of course, just go to lukestory.com forward slash events where you can always find all the things that I have going on. I'm doing a ton of speaking gigs this year, so um, keep your eye on that URL. More than anything, I just want to thank you so much for joining me for this amazing trilogy and giving me the privilege of sharing something that I care so deeply about. And uh, do me and the world uh, a favor and please just share this episode with a friend. People always want to know how they can support. You can always support, you know, for real, if you want to go to lukestory.com forward slash support and drop a couple bucks on the show to help me run this bitch. But uh, (laughs) if you can't do that, then just literally like click share on your app right now and just text it to two or three friends that, you know, are drinking swag, crappy water and, uh, you know, help them to become enlightened and hydrated. All right. Thanks so much. We'll catch you Tuesday with Aubrey Marcus. Marcus.